Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Lord, we sang, How Great is Our God. And we sang, Thank you, Jesus. Because there are people in this room and to our church in Pennsylvania, for our brothers and sisters in the Philippines. You've ransomed ransomed us. You've entered our heart. You have set us apart. Lord, You've opened our eyes. So Lord, please, continue to lead, guide, and direct us. Give us truth. Lord, there are so many things, so many philosophies, so many things that have entered into the church, Lord, that have no business being there. Lord, I pray that the rest of this time that we have together, it will be all about You, Your Word, nothing else. So Lord, for all of us, for me, for us, for all of us, Lord, get us out of the way. Let not our emotions, our preconceived ideas, anything that would inhibit us from hearing Your truth. We, we come against it, Lord. Our hearts are geared towards You in this moment, Lord. We want to hear from You. So Lord, we thank You and praise You in advance that You are not a God who doesn't want us to know You. Not a God who wants to stay far from us. But Lord, as we draw near to You, You draw near to us. So Lord, in this moment, please, we beg You, draw near to us that we may understand, that we may have true knowledge, the truth, Father, which can only come from You. And so now, Lord, also You've told us that when we come together and we agree Lord, that things happen, that you hear us and you answer prayer. So, Lord, right now, I'm in agreement for um, Jason, who is a, uh, someone who works with our brother Luke, who is on the road right now. Lord, whatever this is, I pray, Lord, that you would touch him in his physical body. Lord, not that you would just heal him physically, Lord, but he would have a spiritual experience with you. Lord, if he's not saved, let him become born again because you touched him in his body, in his spirit, in his mind, in his soul. Lord, touch him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Let there be a testimony, Lord, because this body, this group, both in this room and linked via the internet, Lord, that we have prayed, we've come into agreement according to your word. Lord, you want him saved. You want him whole. And we agree with your word in Jesus' name. So Lord, and and church, and those of you who are watching or listening, There are many that we know, many that we come in contact with, many that the Lord has put in our atmosphere who need a healing touch in their bodies. He is Jehovah Rapha. But that should not supersede the spiritual healing that we all are in need of. So Lord, again, we lift up those in our atmosphere, those who are in our minds and in our hearts right now. Father, we pray for them. We lift them up to you. Father, that they would receive first their spiritual healing. But Father, heal them in their physical bodies. Father, in Jesus' name, touch them supernaturally as we agree again with your word. And Lord, for our young people, while we're in this attitude of prayer, Father, I pray for the young people. Father, for those who are uh, of the families that are represented in this room. Father, from small ages on up, Father, we just... We just pray for them, Lord. We pray they're being bombarded with so much garbage, so much... There's such an intense attack on the truth in their lives. So, Lord, 
we pray that you would that you would guard their hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we lift them up to you right now. And if they're in our home, Father, we, we stand on your word. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your whole house will be saved. Lord, we're standing on your word. And Lord, we thank you that your word is always true. Always true. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. So good morning. Boy, we went from... I guess we have a lot of people who either are traveling or whatever, but hallelujah. God knew that you and I, we would be here. So, my brothers and sisters, I'm just going to, um, a couple of weeks ago, I think I said um, in one of the messages that the Lord will have us in embracing suffering. And I said that those, that would be part of the message that would come. And I said, get ready for that, embracing suffering. Hey, everybody wants that. No, but my brothers and sisters, we're going to start that today. And I hope that you would have ears to hear, and God would grant me, Lord, please, the ability to speak, uh, not of myself, but of you. So we're going to start in a couple of the scriptures that we were in last week, and for those who are visiting and those who maybe are watching, uh, last week we had a great service. Um, we also had baptisms, and so part of what we had talked about included um, these particular scriptures. In Romans, remember, Romans 6, verse 3 and 4, do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. And brothers and sisters, as last week, we understand that when we um, come up out of the water, again, we didn't go into the water to wash our sins away. That was already done by the blood. We came up to, to state openly and to hold each other and ourselves accountable that we are now walking in the newness of life. We were baptized. The old Tony died. The new Tony came up with the intention of living according to the Word of God, according to the life of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And then also, if you'll remember in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he, has, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So it's not talking then about Jesus Jesus never sinned, so he didn't have to cease from sinning. He never sinned, so that must be talking about us. So we who suffer in the flesh have ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but, what, what, what's that say? Read it with me. But for the will of God. So I'm, not long, not, I'm no longer living according to my own attitude, my own, right, my own desires. Basic Christian fundamentals, obviously, right? But then again, like I said last week, then always, well, what's, the will for, what's God's will for my life? Read it. Read it and you'll know. Well, I'm waiting for him to, you're waiting for some particulars. Well, start with the generals. Start with the general plan that God has for your life. Start with what he's telling you to do here. And the specifics and the particulars will work themselves out guaranteed. Amen? Okay, so today, my brothers and sisters, uh, with that in mind, we're going to continue to go in, uh, in, in that direction. 2 Timothy, some of it will be up and some of it won't. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. 2 Timothy 2 and 8. Get, I, I hope, again, I hope that some of you have paper Bibles or, or Bibles like this and you're not only depending on electronics because that will be changed. They're going to corrupt it. They're going to make sure that, you never, that you're not able to someday in the not-too-distant future, it will be changed. Amen? Okay, so 2 Timothy 2, 8. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David... Okay, pause. Let me, i got to pause there. Jesus Christ of the seed of David. Why is that an important statement? 
why is the apostle making that important statement? Two things as we look at this in context. Number one, it was prophesied to David that his kingdom would be an everlasting kingdom, that the Messiah, the Christ, would come out of his lineage according to the flesh. So, right? So Mary was uh, of his same tribe. His father was Holy Spirit. His father is God, but Mary was of that tribe. Amen? But then also, look what it says, and, and of the seed of David, it's also telling us that Jesus was fully man. So that body was a human body. Right? Why is that important? Well, for the next part, he was raised from the dead according to my gospel. He was raised again according to the gospel of the good news that I'm preaching to you, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer. You see what he's saying? So he was truly a body. He was truly, he had a mortal body. That mortal body was the one that came out of the grave, grave alive. Amen? Because remember, how do we know that? Because we're all smart. No, because it even says that Jesus, he said to, to Thomas, remember, I'm not going to believe him unless I touch the nail prints, the scars. I'm not going to believe him. And so Jesus said, okay, Thomas, here you go. Here, here they are. Amen? So that body went into the grave, came out of the grave. Amen? And why is that so important? We know we don't have to fear death. There's no question in my mind or in your mind as it relates to our Christian doctrine, our theology, and Jesus himself proved it. That's so important. Amen? All right. <clears throat> Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained, therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Look at this with me, verse 11. This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful and cannot deny himself. Okay, a little bit of a mouthful. What does this mean? Look, I, I brought your attention to a couple of things. If we died with him. So now listen, our understanding, again, I have to go back. Our understanding is what, right? When I became born again, Tony died. And the new Tony's living now in Christ Jesus, all right? So, uh, so now I'm raised in, in Jesus to live this newness of life, okay? But look what it says. We shall also live with him if we endure, if we endure. There's, 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 some, there's something here that's telling you and I that there's going to be a process. There's going to be something that's going to cause him to say, you have to endure. Endure what? circumstances and situations. There, there, there is going to be... Uh, you didn't die bodily when you put your flesh to death, when you became born again, you still are... When you came up out of that water, if we're speaking specifically of baptism, when you came up out of that water, you still had to live in this life, didn't you? All right? When I, come out, when I, when I became born again, remember I told you, I didn't get a new fleshly body. He, my spiritually, spiritually, I was dead and I, I had no communication with him. I had no fellowship with him. But he raised me. He, he made me alive who was dead in my sins and trespasses. Amen? Spiritually. But my body was the same. Unfortunately. And, and it's been aging ever since. I did, right? Okay, come on. All right, so I still have this mortal body. This immortality hasn't put, uh, this mortality rather hasn't put on immortality yet, but it will. So if we endure, he sh we shall all also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. I would never deny Christ like Peter did. I don't even know him. That's not necessarily talking about what you speak. 
It's talking about how you live. Isn't it? It's talking about how you live. If we deny, he will also deny us. If If we are faithless, he remains faithful. What does that mean? That means whatever he said was going to happen is going to happen regardless of how we act or how we treat it or how we look at it. If we're not faithful to it, if we don't believe it, if we're wishy-washy or whatever the case may be, what he said is going to happen, it's going to happen. Amen? Amen? So I, I need to take his word very, very, very seriously. Oh, wouldn't that be... Isn't, aren't you so glad you came today so you could hear a preacher tell you that? I need to take what he says very, very seriously. Do we? In Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. There's two issues there. You're going to, be, you're going to have to stand. Again, endure, stand. Now, he's telling us specifically against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Look at 13 with me. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. I don't know if you guys have noticed this yet, but we are living in an evil day. I mean, we are, we are truly living in an evil day. And the attack is on Judeo-Christianity. I don't care what any... I, uh, listen, if you don't know that, you don't have to be a spiritual giant to figure that out. You don't have to be a... I mean, it is exactly flying right in the face of the true and living God. Everything that's being done, everything that's being taught, everything that's being promulgated is exactly a fist in the face of our God. No question in my mind. It's all about worshiping the gods of, that, that are truly demons. Demonic worship. That's all this is about. It's all it's ever been about. And my purpose, your purpose, our plan is to, listen, we were, again, I, I'm so glad I have some new people here. Because I'm going to say something, and I'm saying it over and over again. We were, listen, we were created by Him, for Him. Okay? That, that to me, that just settles everything. So it really doesn't matter how I feel, what I think, you know. Uh, and man, it's amazing to me how many people that I have to talk to about those things who want to tell me about their faith and how great they, you know, they believe in God and all this. But then they'll always use some words like, well, I feel, or my God, or... Ooh, wait a minute. You, that, that nullifies anything that you say that you're standing on when you say it's based on your feeling. It's based on your truth. I've had somebody literally tell me about their truth who believes it, who say they believe in God. So I, I'm telling you, my, my brothers and sisters, this is awesome. So again, look at with me. Uh, thank you, Cason, uh, for leaving that up there. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So look, and I want to remember, guys, we're talking about having to endure and having to stand because there's the wiles of the devil that are coming at you and the day is evil. Okay? So now I've got to withstand that. I've got to be able to endure and, and stand. And I'm going to ask you all something. Be honest with me. How many in this room, whether you're a young Christian, old Christian, or whatever, you just say, man, just come quickly, Lord Jesus. Now, come on. I'm not going to lie. He, I wish he would come today. I wish this is the last sermon I have to preach on earth. I wish I just sang the last songs on earth, and I'm just going to sing the rest of them up there with him. Come on. Oh, that's kind of fatalistic. That's the, no, I would rather be with him. 
And so, so, so now watch. So it's telling us that we're going to have to endure and we have to stand. Stand on what? Stand on what? The Word. The word. Yeah, okay, that's a yes, absolutely. Yes and amen. But is that easy? No, it's not. Especially, let me, don't answer, don't raise your hand. Let me ask you this. How many hours did you spend in the Word this week? How many hours did you spend on a computer or in front of a screen this week? TV? Come on. So you see what I'm saying? Now, I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm just saying that's humanist. These are part of the things that we have to... These are the subtleties of our enemy. This is part of the wiles of the devil. Amen? So stand on what? I, I, I love this. When my kids were... When my kids were little, I've told this story many times on my son. You know, he's in the, he's in the living room, me and Michelle are in the kitchen or something, and I could hear my son singing real loud. Uh, the B-I-B-L-E. Anybody know that song? That's, that's the book for me. I'm standing on And he's just singing real loud. We go in there, he's got the family Bible on the floor, and he's standing on it. So I whooped him a good one. No, I did not, see? No, I didn't. But now listen, now I've got my, you know, those precious little twin babies. They go in the house. We've got this little old-fashioned looking radio. And every once in a while, they'll hide behind the chair. And they get on this radio. And they make believe they're turning on. And so I'll start to sing to them a little bit. And sometimes they're like their bigger sister, Ellen. And they say, Pop, shh, in the choir. That's pretty bad when your own little baby grandchildren say, shh. No. But while I'll sing to them, I'll say, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's, now, they'll tr they're trying to now sing that with me, and it's awesome stuff. So now, you know, Tony, that doesn't mean much. Yes, it means a lot. To me, it means a lot, and I'm hoping to them someday it will mean a lot. My brothers and sisters, I'm just these little nuggets that we can give them that they can, that they can take on at such an early age, amen? That they can, we, we minister to them at their level, but give them this, this, this fundamental this, this little subtle thing because the enemy already has a plan for them. The enemy is already the prince in the power of the air. He's, gonna, he's got a lot of weapons in his, a lot of arrows in his quiver that he's going to use against your family, that he's going to use against your children. That, come on. So we need everything that we can, uh, come on. We need, hallelujah. See, that says, he's, he, he knows it, baby. Hallelujah. Don't tell him to quiet down. He's the only one that's agreeing with me. That's Holy Ghost. Amen, brother. Now help me preach it this morning. Hallelujah. So, so my brothers and sisters, think about that. So yes, is it standing on the Word of God? Yes, it is. But it's a little bit more as well. So now let's look at Titus together. Titus uh, chapter 1, beginning of verse 7. You can not note these and please look them up later. All right, Titus 1.7. For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast, look at this with me, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able to, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convict those who contradict. So, so look, we understand in context here, this is the bishop, this is the Apostle Paul by Holy Spirit encouraging and giving instructions to a young pastor, Timothy, and he's saying anybody that you elect to the office of, of uh, bishop, you must, they must be blameless, and he's giving them the criteria. But look what it says there, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught. What is he talking about? He's talking about, listen, 
He's talking about what did they preach. Remember, they were making the New Testament, but they were preaching from the law and from the prophets. And they were showing how Jesus Christ fulfilled the law and the prophets. So when they're talking about the Word, they're talking about, listen, the inspired Word. They're speaking divinely, but they're also connecting the dots. They're connecting the dots between the law and the prophets, between hundreds and thousands of years of God's relationship with mankind, and then how Jesus was in it from beginning to end. Hallelujah. Amen? Hallelujah. So, now, so look what it says though. Holding fast. See, so you have this same attitude. You have this same thing where it's telling you stand, endure, hold fast. Amen? Why in the world would they keep repeating this? Why is Holy Spirit saying this? Because He knows exactly what we need. He's telling us exactly because He knows us he created us, and He knows exactly what we need to succeed. Amen? I got a, uh, a quote here by Billy Graham. It is well and good when our convictions are based upon thou shalts and thou shalt nots of Scripture rather than our own ideas. And my brothers and sisters, I'm afraid, again, I'm, pastor, I'm, I'm pastoring a church here. So I'm not, I'm not evangelizing. I'm, not te- I'm, I'm pastoring a church. I'm, speak- I'm concerned that in the church it's become more about ideas than it has become about totally the Scriptures. The Scriptures are, are the be-all, end-all about anything. Well, the Scriptures, but Tony, you know, we're living in a modern time. The scri- no. The Scriptures, well, Tony, they're written by different cultures, different times, you know, and humanity has changed and all that. Yes, humanity has changed. We've gotten worse. But here's what it says about God. Listen. Wait, wait, wait. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will not change. Heaven and earth shall pass, but my word shall never pass. He said it. Should I disagree with Him? Can't. If I did, would, I be, would you guys be impressed with how wise I am? Well, let me explain it to you this way. That was only because this and that and the other thing. And of course, you know, if you really break down the etymology of all of that, no, very plain and simple. That's what he says. I just believe it. So that, now watch. He said that, so I have to stand on that. That's part of what I got to stand on, that this is his word. Amen. And it will not change. So I need to stand on that. Amen? I want to say this to you as well. You have enemies? Good. This is Winston Churchill. I'm not saying that this is a Christian quote, but it definitely applies. You have enemies? Good. That means you stood up for something sometime in your life. You get that? I, I, I'm going to tell you, I had another message um, planned and I started, to, but I, I heard a, a, a different um, quote this week and it stuck with me. I'll share it with you here in a, in a minute. But I want to tell you something. What bothers me is that the same convictions that guided church, churches, and the church, I mean, the world, they're going to do what they do. Their morals, their convictions... Um, it's on a you know sliding scale. What's good in the moment? Even to truth. The truth is is subjective. No, there's only one truth. I, I, I can't believe the number of grown-up adult human beings that I have to have those discussions with. Uh, but my brothers and sisters, here's the thing. When there are no convictions in the church or the convictions have slid, we're in trouble. 
And so that's why, you know, you come to a church where so much emphasis is put on the word like ours, where we're, we're going to have trouble filling seats, right? And, and it's not just that. I, I could very well say, well, I'm not the best preacher or teacher in the world, so other people are going someplace else where they think they're hearing something better. It's, that's fine. I, I understand that. But my brothers and my sisters, it is the word that saves. His word, not mine. And I could change it. I could, I could try to dress it up. I could, I could try to make it a little bit more palpable for, you know, palatable for people and, and, and make them, you know, really want to, you know, get more by the way I, I say it and maybe water it down just a little bit so it's not so hard and it's not so cut and dried. But the word is pretty much cut and dried. And so that, that's, that's part of the struggle because now all of a sudden the convictions aren't there. And when you have no convictions, what, what, are, you, what are you actually standing on? So I want to go to you, uh, again, I, uh, for you folks who doesn't love that you're here, I use a lot of scripture because it's his word, not mine, and then we'll expound on it. Amen? Okay, so now John, chapter 16, I'm going to read uh, um, some, and some will be on the board. Write it down, check it out later. Okay, so John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Context. This is Jesus, just before he's getting ready, he's, he's now in Jerusalem, he's getting ready to be crucified, and now he's starting from chapter 12 of this, uh, letter, or this book, he, from chapter 12 on, he's starting to talk about now the end. And so, in this point, he says, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, when I go, it's, it's, I have to go, it's to your advantage that I go, so I can send the Holy Spirit, amen? So we know that. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you, Helper, Holy Spirit. Amen? We have already had that teaching. Verse 8, look at it with me. And when He, Holy Spirit, has come, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now, He explains that a little bit more. But, uh, you know, to save us a little bit of time, you can please read that. I, wanna, I want you to know that. But let's just, I want to focus in, He will convict the world of sin. <clears throat> he will convict the world of sin. See, look, Holy Spirit comes down and... and it's, it's by the Word and the Spirit that we understand the Word of God, the, the life of Christ, everything that God wants to teach us. We understand it by the Word and by the Spirit. So even so, when Jesus was in the flesh walking and talking with His apostles and His disciples, He said, there's some things that I can't tell you right now. There's so many more things you need to know, but I can't tell you right now. You can't handle it. You can't handle the truth. That's basically what He's saying. You can't handle it right now. So Why? Because if I tell you, it's going to blow your mind. Uh, and if I tell you, you're not going to be able to understand it in its fullness. But later on, when Holy Spirit comes, He will teach you. He will guide you. He will, he's going to, first of all, He's going to bring to your remembrance all the things that I've taught you. Doesn't He say this in the Scripture? Yes, He says it in, in the same chapter. He's going to bring to your remembrance all that I've taught you, right? He's going to lead you and He's going to guide you in all truth. So we could read the Bible, but without the Spirit, we really don't have a full understanding. It's spiritual. Isn't that right? So that's why some people who read it and they're reading about a loving God but he's saying destroy this, destroy what? Or they want to say that there's uh, contradictions in the Bible. That's because they're not reading it spiritually. They, have the, they don't have a spiritual context of what God is actually speaking. Are, are, you, are you with me? Okay, so I hope that sounded good. So now convict in that, that's, that's the Greek word eleko, elenko. It means to convince somebody of the truth. Convince somebody of the truth first to reprove or to correct, to accuse, right? But see, for us as Christians, 
Oh, there is therefore now no condemnation, but there is conviction. Why? Because now we're understanding the word and we're reading the word, so now Holy Spirit is able to convict us. Remember also what it says in Hebrews. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing of sunder of joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the soul and spirit, and is a thought and is... In a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Forgive me, I'm trying to go fast. I, we're a little, running a little late. Okay, so, so, so understand, even though I messed that scripture up for you, understand. The Word of God is alive. It's powerful. And so what it does is, it, it, listen, as we read it in the Spirit, it's able to convict our hearts. It, it, it actually cuts, right? And, and listen, we get that conviction. We... Uh, Okay, I just read this, and for the first time, God, the words jumped off the page, and I, now I understand that I don't necessarily feel that way in my heart, but I understand now what the Scripture is telling me. Amen? Remember, um, I, I just, this is really an easy example. One, in Acts chapter 2, when the Apostle Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost, and he started preaching, he's preaching out of their Scriptures, Right? He's preaching. He gives Joel. He, he, he talks about the prophet Joel. He talks about some of the Psalms, some of the stuff that King David prophesied about the coming Messiah. Remember? And so the Peter is preaching out of the Old Testament. He's preaching scriptures. And now Peter understands what the scriptures are saying. And now he's preaching it. So those people, they, they read the scriptures. They knew the scriptures. But they did not know what it meant. They didn't know. Spiritually, someone had to teach them. So now Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, is laying down this word. And he's telling them, Jesus was the one. You were waiting for him. The prophet spoke of it. And he's the one. This day is the one that was prophesied by Joel. Here's what it said. Here's how it happened. So now, and it said, remember what it said? And they were pricked to their hearts. The word of God. So it doesn't matter what Tony says. It doesn't matter what Joel Holstein says. It doesn't matter. Pick your preacher. It doesn't matter. Because I, my brothers and sisters, if I can convict you, sometimes I'm trying to manipulate you. God is not. God's Word cuts to the heart by His Spirit. When you're reading that and your intention is, I want to know God. I want to know the truth. It says that this Word of God is able to cut you to the heart and you respond. And then it's your, listen, then it's up to you to respond. Because perfect love Gives free will. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so, so I, I could read other things, but this conviction thing, I, I, we're, Psalm 119, I'm, I'm just going to have to do it. Psalm 119, just listen to me. Don't turn here, just listen to me. I just want to share with you. Now this is Old Testament saints saying this. I'm gonna, if you read the whole chapter of 119, it's talking about the, the validity and the power and, and our dependence on the, the commandments and the Word of God. Amen? But I'm just going to read to you from starting on verse 9, Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as all riches. And I will meditate in your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. As you go through that whole psalm, I just picked out a portion. You can go to the first psalm. Right? What does the first psalm say? Blessed is he who follows the Lord. Right? 
And if you go that, in, in, in his ways, he will prosper, right? He will prosper in all his ways. He'll be like a tree planted by water, amen? So it's talking about following the commandments of the Lord, following the word of God and what it does for your life. When you're doing that in your life, and that's it, that's what's important to you. See, my brothers and sisters, that conviction is a firmly held belief. Sure, you could be convicted of a crime, it could be talking about, you know, and, um, but in this, what it means in this context is it is a firmly held belief. For those of you who have been with me, what do you believe? Why do you believe it? What do you believe? Why do you believe it? Because if you believe because I said it, that's not good enough. You got to believe because he said it. Amen? Amen. So now let me read to you some more scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning in verse 13. But we all are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast. Do you see that? Stand fast and hold on the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or by epistle. Do, do you hear that? Whether, what, what, whatever we've preached to you and whatever we've written to you by letters, stand fast in that. Hold on to those traditions that you've started in. Why? Because Paul knows, he wrote Ephesians, that there is, man, you have an enemy. And the enemy, with subtlety, with enemy sometimes with just in your face, the enemy sometimes with wicked, you know, it's just always wicked, but with sincere venom and, and violence is going to attack you. You are a threat. And the enemy, it's going to happen. So, listen, why do I want to be a Christian? If, if it's not this stuff that I've heard in the past where once you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, once you become a Christian, everything is hunky-dory. That's not what it says. And the reason why you want to become a Christian is because you know that He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to get to God except through Him. And He said it, and then he, what He did was everything that He said, He went ahead and let them torture Him mercilessly and then got up on a cross to prove it. To prove how much he loved you. To prove how much he loved me. And then he came up out of that grave alive again to show you that everything that he said, everything that he did was absolute truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So now let's go back to the wiles of the devil. In verse 6, I'm sorry, chapter 6 of Ephesians. Finally, my brethren, verse 10, be strong in the Lord, power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We've got this wiles of the devil thing going on. And so as I mentioned, just alluded to just a moment ago, the devil, sometimes it's just subtle attacks. Or it's just subtleties. See, I want to bring to your remembrance again, remember in the garden, he didn't just get up in their faces and say, hey, worship me. Or hey, man, God doesn't know what he's talking about. Very subtle. Is that what really God said? You see the subtlety? That's how the enemy attacks you and I just, you know, half a step at a time. Just half a step. Half a step. And then, you know, we'll have, we'll have a step here, we'll have a step there, right? And before you know it, look how far away we've moved from that initial conviction. See, there's that subtlety. And, 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 
And this is the, the quote I heard during the week that just really fried me. And I, I would love to attribute it to somebody, but I didn't know who, who to attribute to. A person without conviction is easy to manipulate. A person without conviction is easy to manipulate. Now, I could speculate on who I think it is, but I'm not going to in case I'm wrong, and I don't want to say that falsely. But let me just say this. It's someone who does not have um, your good intentions or mine at heart. They have their own good intentions at heart. Okay? So manipulation is really, I mean, I, I wanna, I, I'm thinking of some examples. Now, do you remember uh, Samson and Delilah in Judges? Judges uh, chapter 16. Remember, Samson is his mighty God. He's, re- I mean, he's mighty uh, servant of God, but only as his, his hair was long because he had this, uh, this Nazarene, this, 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 this covenant of the Nazarene, right? So that was that a razor would never touch his head and so on and so forth. His mother and his father raised him as a Nazarene. So he had this mighty power of this presence of God in his life because his mother and father raised him as a, in this Nazarene, right? Are you with me? Because you all remember that, right? Okay, so now Samson had a lust problem. No question about it. He, he falls uh, real hard for Delilah. Now Delilah is approached by the Philistines, who Samson is, they're, you know, the enemies. And so uh, she's approached by the Philistines, and the Philistines eat, say, each of us will give you 11 pieces of silver if you find out what the secret to his strength is. So we know that, you know, she gets with him, and she's, you know, all, you know, lovey-dovey, manipulating, and blah, blah, blah. Hey, just tell me, what is the... And so he says, seven bowstrings. If they could tie me with seven bowstrings, I can't break them. And so she ties him while he's sleeping, ties him up with seven bowstrings, and then she says, wake up, Sam, the Philistines are... He busts them, no sweat, right? And she's disappointed, will you lie to me? And so she says, well, come on, tell me, really, you know? And so, again, seven new ropes. It has to be new ropes. If seven new ropes, I'm good. Samson, the Philistines are here. He busts them, no sweat. Third time, she's <laughs> nagging him. Imagine that. Now, I want to say something. I had two ladies laugh and one guy just grunts. So, ladies. So, so now listen. So, now she, he sa- she says, no, I mean, I, you're mocking me. Why don't you just tell me? What, what is it? He says, seven locks of my hair woven into the loom. You know, the web of the loom. If you do that, that's it. Same thing, falls asleep. Samson, the Philistines are here. They're, they're lingering. Busted all up. He's ready to battle. So now I'm going to read to you because I, I just don't want anybody. After telling all of that stuff, then she said to him in Judges 15, How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death that he told her all his heart and said and told her. And we know the, the end of that. Amen? So there's, there's manipulation involved there, isn't there? She's manipulating his, his feeling. At first, I mean, she's counting on the fact that there's this love connection that they have. And he's going to tell me, just go, he loves me. Or, you know, or she has this physical, you know, his wantonness you know, over him. And whatever this case may be. So now, that doesn't work, but she just, do you notice? She just pesters him. Has anybody in this room of uh, older people, have you ever raised or been around a strong-willed child? I see people looking at each other and laughing and nodding. Man, <laughs> I'm getting the stink eye from my son. 
that's tough, man. You got to stand. And you know what I found out? Every time that I went against my own heart, something bad happened. And so my brothers and sisters, what am I saying? See, manipulation. And so many times we are manipulated by our children, by people, you know, by, by people that we want to have favor with. I mean, there are people, it happens. I'm, ha- you know, I'm not saying, my brothers and sisters, well, that, you know, that makes you evil or blah, 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 you're not born again. No, but we've got to be cautious of that. We have to be willing to stand on our convictions even when someone is nagging us or someone is, want, is they're, they're expressing such a hurt. You know, you hurt me, but listen, uh, my convictions in my past, and I'm sure some of you have, have actually gotten the way of some family members. Actually, uh, I mean, I've been, I mean, I went to a party one time with friends and they wanted us to participate in this little nonsensical t- kind of thing, but I took offense to it. It wasn't no, you know, just... Um, it wasn't really, I, I, I don't want to, it wasn't so bad, it was just bad enough where I just didn't feel good about it. I went to a movie one time with friends and, you know, I'm in this movie and all of a sudden, I mean, this, this stuff is happening, and it's, I walked out. That doesn't make me holy. It doesn't. That doesn't make me better than the people that stayed in there. But I felt bad. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, Okay. I've, that was years ago. So now I'm living in this world and I'm hearing all kind of language all the time now. And so I've become a little bit immune to it. So now sometimes I watch these shows and these movies and I don't even hear it anymore. So now what am I saying? If you, if you go to an R-rated movie or if you're listening to the F-bombs and all this other stuff that, you know, you're in sin, I'm not saying that. But if you have a conviction over it, then follow your conviction. Because remember the subtleties. Because right now it's that. What's it going to be the next? And then the next. So when you leave a crack, man, you're giving the enemy a little bit of room. Man, if you were convicted of it, man, and, and you're, you feel like, wait, that doesn't bother me that much anymore, go to God. God, was I just being overzealous back then? Or God, was I, you know, w- 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 give me wisdom, God. How should I look at this? How should I treat this? Let me also say this to you. For some of us who are a little bit more mature in the Lord, you know what we have to think about? Yeah, it might not bother us or shake us or get us to slide, but what about the people that are watching you? Well, I don't want to put any airs. It's not an air. You have a responsibility. In fact, Paul says something. If your freedom is a stumbling block to somebody else, then stop it. Doesn't he? Okay, so that, you know, it's not about me putting on airs anymore. What it is, it's about me caring more for the next guy than myself. It's more about me trying to set a good example or trying not to maybe put a stumbling block in somebody else's life. Well, I, I, could, uh, I could drink uh, wine, Pastor Tony does. Well, no, Pastor Tony doesn't, but if you saw me drink a glass of wine, that might be an excuse for you to go ahead and do it. And maybe you have a propensity to alcoholism genetically or something like that. Or maybe, you know, one, one, one wine is good, but a bottle's better. Listen, I'm not picking on you if you drink wine. Do you understand the illustration, though? Are you there? You see what I'm saying? So we need to be careful about the things that we do. And it's not being hypocritical, and it's not being putting on airs. It's about being responsible. So certain of us, and as I use that uh, scripture out of Timothy, where now he's saying, listen, Timothy, if these guys are going to be spiritual leaders, then they have, these things should be evident in their life. These things should be out of their life and there should be some things that are in their life as spiritual leaders. Why? Because they should be setting good examples for the flock should not be giving any room for a little slide here, a little slide here, a little slide. Are you with me? Is that tracking with anybody? 
Come on, man. This is truth. This is good stuff. I want to, I, I got to look at myself. What am I allowing myself now to look? Listen. Come on. As opposed to what I used to. Are you, are you there? See, it's wearing on me. See, so you got this manipulation. There are other examples in the Bible. And I'm going to go to another example. There are more than, but intimidation. The devil uses manipulation subtly and in, in, in intimidation. Sometimes subtle, not so, sometimes not so subtle. Right? So on the intimidation side, the one that I really thought of the first out of the New Testament, remember now, uh, in, the, in the New Testament, in Acts chapter 2, that's when the Holy Spirit falls and everything changes. Right? Everything changes. So remember, by the time you get to Acts chapter 4, you know, Peter and John now are going to the temple. Peter, you know, remember, he denied Christ before Holy Ghost. And before, you know, now, he's, he's not denying Christ now. He's speaking boldly. Amen? So him and John are going into the temple. And I, this is one of my favorite passages of the Bible. I use it a lot. Because it's so, it just ministers to me. They're going into the temple. There's the uh, man who's lame. He's sitting there begging alms. Peter looks at him face to face and he says, Gold and silver have I none. Such as I have, I'm given to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. In that very same moment, that man rose and walked. Amen? And there was a big, man, there was a big commotion. And that gave Peter and John the, the ability to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to those folks that would listen in the temple. Amen? And, and where did he get them? Arrested. So now the same guys that put Jesus to death are now uh, in, the, in the face of, of Peter and John. So we know they, they grill them and all this other stuff. But I'm, I'm going to save the reading, but if you look at it, it's in uh, Acts chapter 4. So now watch. So they finally, they, they, they try them, they're looking at them, they send Peter and John out, and then they talk among themselves. Well, listen, you know, we can't, we can't punish these guys because we'll have a riot. There's no question about it that this guy was lame and now he's walking. Now, if we go ahead and we punish these guys, we're going to have a riot on our hands. Well, I know what we'll do. Let's just bring them in and let's threaten them. And that's exactly what they did. They brought Peter and John back in and they threatened them never to do a preach or do anything in the name of Jesus Christ again. Never do this again. But I love what Peter does. Peter and they said, listen, I'm going to say it in Tony language, right? This is the Dade City vernacular. Let me ask you all something. This is Peter putting it down. Let me ask you all something. Would it be better for us to listen to man or God? I think we're going to listen to God. So he didn't say, yeah, we'll agree to that. They couldn't do anything. And he just flat out told them in a very uh, nice way, if God tells us this, we're, go we're, doing it. we're doing what God said. We're not doing what man said. So there's this in intimidation because he's, it, it says in your scripture, look it up, threatening them. Threatening them. Let me ask you all something. What's being threatened in our culture and in our society today? Come on. You can't say nothing. You can't do nothing. Especially if it has anything with Christ. Man, they're going to... I'm telling you, it's getting bad and it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And so my brothers and sisters, are you going to back down or are you going to stand? Are you convicted that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life? Are you convicted that He died for you? Are you convicted that if you deny Him, He's going to deny you, but that you should be proclaiming Him? Are you convicted that you were made by Him, for Him, and you were placed on this earth to serve Him, to do what He said? And because, listen, my brothers and sisters, knowing that there's only one of two ways you can go, with Him or against Him, I'm going with Him. Hallelujah, right? Come on, come on. So there's some more intimidation. Remember in Samuel? I, I love this too. The, the little shepherd boy, David, 
Right? The, the army of Israel is, is gathered against uh, the, the armies of the Philistines. And then you have the giant. Right? Yeah. Goliath. And he's sitting out there in the middle of it and he's selling wolf tickets. He's telling the Israelis how puny and weeny they are. What a big champion he is. He best say, hey, just send out your best champion. If, you, if he beats me, we'll serve you. I beat him, you serve us. And what is Saul, mighty Saul, and the armies of, the, of Israel doing? They're cowering in fear. Why? You've got this intimidation going on. That's what the enemy does. That's what powerful people do. That's what people do. They try to intimidate you so that you keep your mouth shut. And that you stop doing what Christ has called you to do. I can't do that. Why can't you? Is Christ called you to do it? Do it well. No. Do it. So what happens? David is going there because his father told him to go there. Bring some vittles to your boys, to, to my boys. He goes up there and he, listen, he's, he's, what the heck is going on? He hears this Goliath saying, spewing all this stuff and he's saying all this stuff. And he said, well, Saul said, well, what's, what would happen if somebody goes up against him? What has Saul promised? And so, you know, he's told this. But I, I want to, I'll, I'll read to you real quick. 1 Samuel 17, 26. David spoke to the men who stood by saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is the uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Do, do you hear that? See, there's, there's this indignation this, that David has because David does have a relationship with God. He's out there tending the sheep, but he's also singing songs to God and praising and worshiping God. So the intimidation, the whole Israeli army is intimidated. But not David. Why? He's convicted. Are you there? Are, are you listening? The conviction of God. Why? He understands who God is and who the Philistine is. He is, he's defying, listen, he's defying the true and living God. Conviction. Conviction. Isn't that awesome? So now look uh, in, in um, verse 28. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab, was, his anger was aroused against David. And he said, why do you come up here? And whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? See how he's, see how he's mocking them? Who have you left those few? You're just a little shepherd boy. Who have you left the, who's watching the sheep while you're up here? Uh, let, let me ask you something. As we're going through this, are, is any of this relatable to anybody? Has, has anybody just mocked you, tried to put you down a little bit? so that you wouldn't just take that next step? And, and in spiritual things, absolutely. Absolutely. Human things, all the time. Amen? So, so look, so, so you see what? This is, this, is, this is David, the one who was after God's own heart. Amen? He says, okay, uh, whom you've left those few sheep with in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. See, manipulation here. This is, this is more manipulation. See, this isn't necessarily intimidation. This is manipulation. See, see what he's doing? He's smearing him now. See, he's calling him, you're prideful. I know the insolence of your heart. You're, you're a rebel. You're prideful. I, I know, you know, see, he's mocking him. He's criticizing him. This is another form of manipulation. So David is supposed to say, well, okay, well, this is my older brother. He's chewing me out. I'm just going to go back to my dad. No. That's not how it happened. Why? David has strong conviction. He's trying, it was, there's this, you have, so you have two things going on here at once, right? You have the intimidation by the enemy, and you also have manipulation by someone who's going to be trying to be on your side. Huh. 
Have you had anybody in the church criticize you for taking a stand? My brothers and my sisters, this is not this this shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. We have enough problems with the enemy, with the wiles of the devil. We don't need to be criticizing each other. We need to help each other. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. What about in Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Man, you have all kind of stuff happening there, right? Bow. We're not going to bow. Man, you have, you have, I mean, some severe intimidation trying to happen there. If you don't bow, you're going to be thrown into this fiery furnace. The furnace was so hot that the soldiers that threw them in there burned up standing on the outside throwing them in. They burned up. But I love what they said. Our, if you, our, our God is able to save us, but even if He doesn't, we're not bowing. That's conviction. That's conviction. Are you ready to stand on your conviction? And by the way, where is your conviction coming from? Hallelujah. No, it should be coming from God. It should be coming from this Word. But how much of, how much of the conviction that we're living by is tradition, is, is, is just being reconciled or, or back with somebody else? If we want to keep the peace with somebody else, we have to go ahead and conduct ourselves a certain way. Come on, I'm not talking truth here. Whether it be a family member, whether it be a spouse, whether it be whatever it is. How about this? I want to keep peace with my teenage children so I'm going to be a little bit more friendly to them and less of a mother or a dad to them. Come on! I want to, get, I want to be promoted in the workplace so I'm not going to make too many waves. And when I have the opportunity to preach Jesus, I'm going to make sure that it's either on the QT or I just keep my mouth shut. I'm not even going to let them see me fold my hands when I pray. Come on! Where are your convictions? Where are your convictions? And if they're true convictions, are you willing to stand in the face of intimidation? In the face of manipulation? My brothers and sisters, if you're being manipulated, that means you don't have true, con you don't have true convictions. I'm sorry about this. Watch. In 2 Timothy, this will be the last one. In 2 Timothy 3... 10 through 12. But you have carefully followed. Now remember, this is the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit encouraging a young pastor. You have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance. Do you see that? Persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, Lustra. <clears throat> what persecutions I what? Endured. I endured. I endured. And out of all, the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So my brothers and sisters, the persecution and the prosecution that's coming upon the church is, is we're in the, the infant stages of it. I'm telling you, in this country, it will be against the law to say some of the things that I've just said. It's, they're already locking pastors up to, that simply read out of the Bible about homosexuality. They're shutting ministers up when they're trying to teach their young people that there's only two genders. Shutting people up. Okay, so, so here's the thing. How? By intimidation. By manipulation. The thing that's going to happen probably in the not too distant future, congregations, unless they bow and scrape, they will lose their 5013C tax exemptions. That's going to happen. See, what's that? That's manipulation. 
So, so my brothers and sisters, there are, do you know that you're not hearing about this, but there are a bunch of churches that are being torched in this country. Anybody know that? They're not, they're, if, I'm telling you, there are a bunch of churches that are being torched in this country. You're not hearing a lot about it. See, I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, why am I telling you this? Because I want you to leave here all depressed? No, I want you to leave here encouraged. Because in the middle of all this, you and I have Holy Spirit. You and I have Christ in us, the hope of this glory to come. So that even if we have to suffer persecution, we know that when we, we are suffering these persecutions, we know that we're right in the middle of where God wants us. And if we're right in the middle of where God wants us, then we know that we're without sin, that we're living in Christ Jesus. And whether he calls us, when he calls us with the voice of the archangel and the sound of the trumpet, and, we're, and the dead in Christ rise first, which can happen at any moment, the rapture of the church, whether he calls and we meet him in the air or whether the breath leaves my body, either way, I win. How about you? How about you? Right? So look, what, listen, where are your convictions? Where are they coming from? What are your beliefs and opinions? What's your worldview? Tony, I'm in, I'm in a Christian church. Of course you know my worldview. It, really? Really? Let's get back into this. Let's get back into this. Let's find out what he's saying, what his commands are. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And it's not, listen, it's not, if I sin, I'm going to hell. No, it's, I don't want to displease him. I love him. I want to know what he wants me to do. Why? Because he's my God. Because he created me. Amen. And because when I do what he's asked me to do, it turns out good. When I go my own way, not so much. Come on. Is this tracking with anybody <laughs> besides me this morning? So look, here's the thing. We, let, we're going to pray together. I want to pray again for our children. I really, my, you guys that have been with me for a little while, you, you know how bad I feel. But our adults too are being led astray. I, I had conversations this week with adults that uh, have some, a little bit of knowledge about this and who will stand and look at my, well, you know, Jesus is not the only way. Well, wait a minute. He says it. Yeah, well, that's not, that's your truth. No, that's not, he said, he's the truth and he said, he said that. Yeah, but it says that, don't, whoa, whoa, whoa. are you feeling me? I'm so tight right now. I'm so, because my brothers and sisters, there's so many things that are being said out there and there's so many people that are being manipulated. And just a half a step, half a step, half a step. Amen? Stand with me, please. Great God, our Father in heaven, Lord, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that as we leave here, we will continue to meditate on your word, on your word, Lord, on your word. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would lead, guide, and direct us and teach us, Father, the depths of what it is your word has just told us. Lord, I know that there are people in this room and there are people that are watching and listening, Father, that truly love you and truly uh, want to follow you. They want to be one with you. They want to know you more. So Lord, please minister to our hearts Lord, please help us search the inside of ourselves, Lord, with us by your word. Father, that we may know exactly those areas where we've let our convictions slip a little bit.
And Lord, give us strength against those, the enemy, the wiles of the devil, when he uses people close to us or even people in our atmosphere. Father, to try to intimidate us. Father, to try to manipulate us. Father, give us strength in those moments to answer wisely. Lord, to give us wisdom. Lord, give us wisdom. Give us power and strength to endure these wiles, these attacks. Father, no matter who they come from, even our loved ones, Father, when they try to manipulate us or try to, 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 to manhandle us, to, to, to intimidate us. Lord, anybody and everybody. Lord, please give us wisdom and discernment. Lord, that we again may be able to answer wisely, but Lord, even more so, we will be able to stand on the convictions that you've taught us by your Holy Spirit through your word. Father, we pray this in the name of Jesus, and especially, Lord, watch over our children as they're being told lies every day. Father, we lift them up to you. Protect them, lead, guide, and direct them. And protect them, Lord, from hurt and harm while they're trying to navigate through this evil and wicked world. Father, I pray this all in Jesus' name, knowing that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Knowing, Lord, we read the back of the book and you've already told us we win because you've already won. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Have a great week. Listen, and remember, you're a winner. Why? Because he already won. Don't let him intimidate you. Stand on your convictions. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.